Hello, and welcome to another episode of Geeking Cannabis. I am here with Haley Robertson, and we are going to learn about meditation and cannabis and spirituality. Thank you so much for joining me, Haley. Thank you so much for coming here and coming to my home. This is nice and cozy. It's where I'm comfortable. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. Hmm. Well, hi. Hello. <laughs> this is the part where I introduce myself. Okay. Yes. Man, talking about myself is weird, but here we go. I'm Haley. <laughs> I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I am all sorts of things. I'm a body worker in terms of massage therapy. Um, I do Reiki. I'm a Reiki master. And um, the two really go hand in hand with one another. I find that when I am, it's just kind of a natural thing that happens when I bring my hands onto a client. There's a lot of intention behind it, a lot of focus, and a lot of just general healing that I try to convey with my hands and guiding it with the breath. Um, and man, <laughs> I feel like I want to start over. <laughs> so where did cannabis come into your life? Was it a play that kind of led you into the path that you are on now? Or does it just aid in your journey of where you are? Thank you so much for the guiding questions. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, where do, where do I start? <laughs> There's so much. I mean, spirituality, so like, I'm just starting to get into it, and there is so much that I don't even know about, that it's about intuition and feeling where you're at, but it's it's so wild. Just <laughs> It is. It is wild. And I'm, like, five years in the road professionally, but at least a, almost a decade in terms of my own um, intentional focus mm -hmm. on, um, yeah, the first yoga class I went to, I was 19, so it was 10 years ago at this point, and, um, yeah, I came to it, a lot of people kept recommending yoga for just relaxation and also, you know, body stuff, right, mm -hmm. you'll get more flexible, you'll get more strong, and immediately, those were the, the reasons I was drawn to the practice, I, wanted to feel more connected to my body. I had felt um, betrayed by my body for a lot of my life. I felt embarrassed and ashamed of it and um, wanting to hide it and also wanting to learn about it at the same time. So there's this weird duality of being afraid of something I'm also curious about. Mm -hmm. I think we hold a lot of um, guilt and shame just as people growing up in society in terms of body stuff just how they're selling shit to you and I mean that whole capitalistic view of bodies and that's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> but to bring it back to yoga um, I was too intimidated to go to a studio at first, so I just practiced by renting DVDs from the library and just doing it at home. And um, that felt a lot more safe for me. And it's funny, that was like a decade ago, and now in you know the 2020s, I think that's how a lot of people are doing it, or at home through their devices. Um, and there's so much content out mm -hmm. there. 
Um, I actually want to ask you what your relationship with yoga is, if you've taken any classes, if you do it online, in person, what's that like? I actually, when I was younger, started um, going to yoga classes with my parents. I didn't really participate, but they did, and they've been doing yoga every Saturday for, wow, as long as I can remember, I'm not sure. It was with um, a girl named Vanessa. Her mother, Oksana, was a yoga instructor and so that kind of is where it sparked but throughout the years I definitely have lacked on my yoga practice I know that I need to be doing more but every time I work out I make sure to be intentional to at least do five minutes of yoga and I got more into yoga this past year for sure but I know that my journey has more to go and my cousin Sarah is actually a yoga instructor as well oh great 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 yeah so in um for me in 2016 was the year I decided to do my teacher training um and I had really no idea where it was going to take me but I knew just in my soul in my gut that mm-hmm. it was the the right decision to make and in terms of decisions that I'm so gut driven that um and that was the same reason the really big gut uh, reason to take the Cleveland School of Cannabis course. Mm-hmm. It just felt like the right thing to do at the time. We'll tie that in in a bit. But on yoga, um, as soon as we were learning hands-on assists and um, putting my hands on someone else's body and then just doing a very subtle adjustment to help them find their own alignment within was like big huge light bulb moment for me it was maybe just one month into the training and I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna go to massage school after this immediately Mm -hmm. and I did and um the two practices have really informed one another I'm glad I did my yoga training first because I found my own connection internally and that helped me be centered and grounded for my clients and I think it also helped me with my body mechanics in terms of making sure my own structure upon like giving a massage isn't all like jacked up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I'm like taking care of my own body too um and then also as I was learning massage techniques while I was teaching at that point um the massage knowledge started informing my training or my teaching rather I um I recognized that there were so many different types of bodies and Mm -hmm. certain vertebral cues are just not going to work for every single person. And um, my uh, training kind of became a lot more open and accessible. I wanted whatever I taught. There's so many different styles and ways of teaching this practice, but how I wanted to bring it was to be accessible, palatable. I wanted everyone to feel like they can do it because everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Yoga is for everybody. And um, so then beyond that, I'm massaging, I'm teaching yoga, and then I'm also taking trainings for um, trauma-informed yoga to make sure um, the way that I'm offering a class is safe and accessible and um man because it can both practices really can be kind of triggering like they expose certain parts and vulnerabilities and as a healer and a practitioner it's really important to know how trauma is stored in the body and memories in the brain and how to be present with any uh, student or client that might need your guidance um 
So yeah, it's been a long road. Um, also incorporated Reiki throughout that time and um, slowly allowed that into integration. Um, I did not rush to become a Reiki master. I'm still kind of weird about the word master in general. I am, you know, I am in agreement to like commit to this path and that's how I'm defining master. Um, but yeah, it's just been a slow build and I'm still kind of configuring how this practice is being funneled through me. Um, I'm really liking small groups. I'm liking one-on-one -on -one intimacy. I'm liking being able to have a dialogue, a conversation with my clients and students and um, allow it to be a little more intentional and focused um, around their own journeys and, and healing. Um, currently, because I am addicted to trainings and learning, <laughs> there's always something I'm learning. I'm actually in a program, it's called Embodiment Coaching. Um, just to learn the coaching element, to be able to have the, the tools to have these dialogues. Um, I feel like bringing it through my voice has been the slower build in my body, in my hands. That's pretty much was just very intuitive um, in terms of like my body work and, and how I approach the touching people, but how I approach actually communicating with people has been different. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I'm bringing my voice more into my sessions and I'm noticing and I will even point out like, hey, I noticed that you're holding some tension here or um, I'm noticing some twitches here and actually like calling that out and us talking about it instead of me just like, well, let me just figure out how to do that with my hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so bringing it full circle, the whole dream is to incorporate cannabis into this in some way, shape or form. Um, there obviously have been hurdles in terms of legal part, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's not adult use in the state of Ohio currently. And, um, but I'm going to talk about my dream. And at some point it will be adult use and yeah. this dream can happen. If you put it into the atmosphere, it will happen. Yes. <laughs> Manifesting. <laughs> yes. My... Um, I would love to own a space where I can have a yoga studio and a treatment room, um, but also grow plants and herbs in the backyard. Um, I make herbal products. I infuse oils and make salves and topical stuff, and then um, teas as well. And um, I have this amazing infused honey, cannabis-infused honey that I like to put in my tea. Um, but yeah, I... I would call it, and I do call it, the sensory yin experience, where I would bring people in, we enjoy some sort of infused products, we just zone out and chill and enjoy meditation and a yoga practice with intentional breathing, um, perhaps like a smoking blend with other herbs as well. Because it's really, it's a lot about herbal medicine for me. I don't really think of cannabis as being independent from all other herbs, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, there are um, so many awesome ally plants that can come together and help us um, with our healing. And 
and um, I would love to just bring certain people in too to kind of feature um, all these different ways of addressing and using this plant into our own life, whether it be through small group for PTSD, um, and that can look a certain way, especially that's something I'm really interested in with my trauma healing, but also um, support groups for those with gut issues or those with anxiety or those with brain trauma issues, you know, all of these various ways that this plant can help us and we can also help us when we come together in a safe space of this sense of community and all kind of partaking in this act together of not just consuming the plant but also experiencing um, the meditation at work too and really integrating it into the body. Um, it's, <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> I get excited thinking about it. So how are you able to <coughs> tell where someone's tension is in the body? And what would you say is your sense of intuition to know exactly like what you're following? Like, I guess what I'm asking is how can you sense your intuition and how do you sense other people's pain in their body to know how to address it? Mm. Well, there are... Um, there is a conversation I always have before a session where we, um, we talk about what they consciously are feeling in their body. And so they will address certain areas, how they feel it. I really like to kind of pick it apart. But while they're talking about it and they're having this conversation, I'm just looking at verbal cues, or sorry, visual cues in the body. I'm looking at how they're pointing or maybe they're like kind of curved in a little bit. Maybe it looks like they're protecting a part of their body. Um, I listen to the, the sound of their voice too. If they're, um, if they sound uncertain of their pain, then, um, I'm going to kind of address it in a more general way. If they are very certain with the way that they're talking about their pain, then I'm going to allow for some more, uh, probing questions, I suppose. Um, and yeah, when it's in the body, I will always address body stuff, but I also love to address like the other layers of ourselves too, right? And so I check in with the stress level. I check in with um, how all of our cycles are doing. How's your sleep cycle? How are you with movement throughout the day? Um, for women, like your, your moon cycle and just kind of how are you moving throughout your life? And because it's not so much about like pain that's um, kind of stuck there. It's um, it's all it's all of it, right? And it's not even really about pain, really. It's just about um, oh, there's so many different reasons that people come to this practice, whether it be to receive body work or whether it be to um, kind of just integrate more emotional stuff. I have some clients that have been just released tears on the table. Um, that has happened multiple times and will continue to happen. And um, it's just such a joy to be able to tap into that in terms of like, how, how do I know? Well, yeah, we talk about it. We see it. I see the verbal cues. Um, and then 
sometimes it's just kind of beyond my my own senses. There's what I can take in visually and, and verbally, but then um, there's what I kind of take in tactilely too, just through my hands. Um, and I might feel like a response in one part of the body triggers something in another part. Um, gosh, that's really hard to put to words because that's just like a innate, deep thing. <laughs> um and sometimes I just will go to a part of the body that no one, like, n- no one has talked about. I'm just guided there. And um, just for example, I was um, giving this session to um, a dear friend of mine, actually. And um, she, she does body work, too, and energy work. And so the way I approached this... She just talked about this one part of her life that she wanted to kind of focus on. And um, she's such a strong feminine force that um, I actually kind of tapped into her own energy through just kind of tapping into her sacral region through her hips and inviting her energy to kind of join us. Mm -hmm. She is a powerful Reiki woman as well. And... um, And then after I connected and held my hands over her hips and breathed for a while, I was just guided to go down one of her leg and work on her foot. And just the one, just the one leg and just the one foot. I had no idea, but at the end of this, after the rest of the session, I did other stuff too. And she's like, how did you know that my foot has been bothering me for months? And no one else has been able to massage it out of me. And yet you just like just touched it with your finger and it went away and I'm like genuinely have no idea it was not a cognitive planned out thing it's just kind of guided um and honestly for people that have not had uh, mind-altering experiences that might just sound like a really made-up weird thing um but I feel like people listening to this might get it like Mm -hmm. there is this um this kind of connection to something greater than yourself. Um, and those that have consumed cannabis definitely know that vibe. And um, yeah, we weren't even on it at that point, though. That was just pure energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like different chakras in the body. For those of you who don't know it, could you go ahead and go into a little bit of detail with that? Because that's what Reiki works with, correct? Yes, that is, yeah, one of the the many ways that energy is organized. Um, Yeah, okay. So there are seven main chakras, um, and they go along um, the length of your spine, so to speak, all the way up to the top of your head. So we'll start with the first one, which is the root chakra, which is right on your seat when you're sitting down, right on your seat. Um, there are colors associated with it, with each chakra. There are symbols, there are chants, there are energetic frequencies. There's so much. There's like, um, even, uh, animals and planets assigned to each one, but I'm just kind of going to keep it basic. Um, this one, and I, uh, I will ignore the Sanskrit as much as I admire Sanskrit. I'll keep it English here. It's the root chakra here. So root chakra is all about 
your basic environmental needs, um, your groundedness. It's ruled by the element of earth, um, and uh, it's uh, the beginning of your senses and your sense of safety. If there's any imbalance here, if it is potentially um, uprooted, maybe in times of moving or just feeling ungrounded, that's when you'll feel a disturbance with your root chakra. And, um, or if it's overworking, then maybe there's a sense of control or about uh, maybe sluggishness, uh, just kind of being stuck, perhaps. Um, moving up above that is the sacral chakra. Um, this is ruled by the element of water. There's a sense of flow. Um, it is more feminine. And um, it is literally the act of creation. It is your sex parts. And um, yeah, uh, this, um, and you know, it's kind of pretty intuitive. Overactive, you may be overly expressive in this part of yourself. If it's underactive, maybe there's a sense of fear or maybe even guilt around that part of your body. I would say fear is actually more associated with root chakra imbalances and shame would maybe be more associated with sacral. Um, we move into the solar plexus. That's in the center of our gut here. It's ruled by fire, solar, sun, and this is our sense of ego, our sense of drive and purpose, um, a sense of belonging, a sense of self and individuality. Um, and I would say if there's an imbalance here, maybe some guilt and shame as well, um, or in the sense of overbearingness if it's too much. Now we come to the heart. Um, air element here, sense of connecting with others, um, really relating, um, more uh, kind of compassionate love, uh, unadulterated love, really. Uh, yeah. And um, then moving up is the throat right here, self-explanatory, the throat. That is your sense of expressiveness, um, communication, openness, receptivity, um, also flowing here. Now, um, from the heart, actually, the heart is the divider between the physical ones and then the more spiritual ones. So as we move up through the throat, we're starting to get a little more spiritual, a little more esoteric. Then we transition to the third eye in the center of the forehead here. And that's all about intuition, um, connecting to your own divine path, and um, the subconscious, and then moving beyond all the way to the crown at the top of the head, is connecting to spirit, to um, that outside of yourself, really trippy, dippy, yummy, God stuff up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's always so funny talking about the chakras and trying to, um, oh man, I mean, I've been really in this work for, it's only been five years, I suppose, but 
yeah, I, um, it's always just so funny explaining it. <laughs> and I'm like, did I do it? Did I talk about all the things? There's so many things to talk <laughs> about. There's so many. <laughs> so how do you, like, what is the feeling you get when your chakra isn't aligned? Is it like a suffocating feeling on that particular chakra in that area? Mm. Mm, well, that's such a personal experience, really. And, um, Hmm. So, okay. To really fully get into understanding the chakras, let's really first define energy itself because that can be felt and expressed differently through each person. So with you, actually, I'm going to have you tell me your definition of energy and then I'll go from there and plug in how it can fit in with chakras. How's that sound? Okay. Energy for me kind of feels like when you look at a image or something and it's just a bunch of streaks of light because everything's blurred but think of it like raindrops that's kind of what it feels but like with a warm feeling going on in my torso that's how i would explain the physical feeling of energy but energy itself it's not something that you can see but it's like sparks almost you can literally feel it yeah yeah so you mentioned like electric right um like heat too that's a form of energy yeah thermal energy yeah so um to get to answer your question how do you know which chakra is doing what you know that is such a personal experience for everyone um sometimes you might just notice it in your breath maybe um maybe you feel butterflies in your stomach if you're um, anxious in your solar plexus maybe um um Maybe there's a tickle in your throat, you know, um, maybe a ringing in your ear. There's all sorts of little clues and ways that our energetic bodies can give us signals through our physical bodies. Um, so in terms of like feeling and tening, ten, tuning into senses, um, that can really be developed through a meditation practice, through sitting with your own energy and kind of just being present for what is, what changes, what shifts. Um, and as I talk about these chakras, um, the, the purpose isn't necessarily to have them being open all the time. Um, and I think having that be the goal or any sort of goal in terms of like being spiritually quote unquote perfect is um, a dangerous mindset actually. And this kind of goes back into how, like, capitalism can ruin shit. Like, people are really trying to sell you stuff to make sure you have the perfect energy, right? Like, make sure you're all balanced all the time. Um, but what I've learned so much through uh, my body work and trauma healing especially is that um, healing is, it, it, there's never a past tense it's always in the present moment. There is no healed. Um, there is only healing. There's only happening. What is happening right now? So the goal can absolutely be to like address any blockages or get things moving um, in that moment, right? And then life will go on and then maybe another chakra will kind of go a certain way, right? Um, so yeah, long rambly answer. Let's boil it down. The, the way to just tune in with yourself is practicing some form of meditation. 
um, some form of self-connection. Do you feel good with that answer? <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Okay, great. Because now we're on the meditation topic, mm-hmm. and I'd love to break this, this down a little more. Um, um, in a similar way, actually, I'll have you define meditation, and then I'll go from there and kind of see where you're at with it and how we can kind of go from there. <laughs> I think my strongest meditation, because I've been doing it for a while now, it's not about clearing your mind. It's about thinking what comes to mind and kind of just looking at it from an outside view and letting it pass because you can't attach yourself to that thought because that's how it gets overwhelming and you can't try to push that thought away because that's how it festers in your mind. And for me, I think the most powerful meditation I did was actually with my amethyst crystal and my super seven stone. And I had both of them in both hands. I was laying with my back against um, the bed and just laying there peacefully quiet, some meditation music. And it felt like the stones went into the palms of my hands. And it felt like I was floating, like if you're floating on the top of water, how you can feel the movements and stuff like that. That's how it felt. And I felt completely calm and I believe the key to meditation is with your breath work. And I'll let Haley touch more on that now. (laughs) Excellent. I'm so glad you said that too, because yeah, I think there can be a little misconception that meditation is only quote unquote successful when you clear all your thoughts or all that. And yeah, it really is more about just being present for what's going on right now in that moment. And um, that can change day to day. And a meditation practice can change day to day too. And kind of getting back to this uh, sense of accessibility, um, meditation can be found in so many different activities. You know, there's the traditional way of sitting still and focusing on the breath um, or any other sort of tools. There's mala beads. If you're a tactile person, you can hold these mala beads in your fingers. And there's 108 of them. And um, it's similar to a rosary for those that are uh, that practice that. Um, but yeah, it's grounding in terms of having a mantra or a phrase to repeat. That can be really grounding if you are working with rewiring your brain. Um, and that can be super helpful with trauma work too, is not only having that tactile thing like a mala bead, very helpful for trauma work, but then that repetitive phrase of saying, um, I am safe, or um, I trust the practice, or something like that, that can literally rewire your brain, your way of thinking, your way of processing, your way of being a human through that practice. Um, Another way of meditating is actually through movement. So those other previous ways are a lot of just kind of internal Um, more potentially thought-based, but there's a way to meditate through the body, Um, walking meditation, just really slowly noticing from heel down to your toes as you're very slowly walking. Um, You could meditate through free-flowing movements just kind of organically in the body. Um, There's some forms of dance Continuum is one of them um, that has this sense of cyclical um, undulating movement, just kind of getting out of, not thinking about what it it looks like, what does it feel like? And then that right there is the practice of not thinking, but just feeling and being present for 
what your body does. Um, and then art can also be a form of meditation too. Drawing, painting, mixing colors together, creating lines, peeling tape, ceramics, putting your hands in some clay. Yeah, um, cooking. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that can be a form of meditation. Yeah, there's so many ways to just be in that present moment and just be. And that's really um, kind of a, a tantric way of incorporating this practice into our our lives through our senses, through our experiences. And um, in terms of bringing cannabis into it, it is practiced in a tantric way. Um, yeah, and in terms of spirituality and the historical implications of cannabis, it's been used in shamanic practices and pagan practices um, and in tantric uh, Vedic practices in India for, I think, at least 1,500, maybe 2,000 years B.C., so 4,000 years of our, you know, now, <laughs> that many times ago. <laughs> um Yeah, man, I feel like I just went on a big old tangent about meditation and cannabis. Oh, okay. So here I am. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) I know where I am now. Um, Yes, I, uh, incorporating both of them together can be very powerful. Um, Cannabis is, can absolutely be used as a tool for entering these deeper spaces it can help that critical brain to just kind of shut up for a bit. Um, if you're, if you're ingesting the correct strain for your constitution, that is. And, um, it can also help you get a little more creative too. Um, so it just kind of limits that criticism, boosts that creativity. And that right there is great alchemy for tapping into intuition and, um, connecting to spirit and, whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. So with your yoga studio that you want to have, would this be all, because, because you said there would be products there that you guys can eat together, smoke together. This would be coming from your garden in the ideal world of Ohio being adult use and everything being okay. No suspicious laws anymore. And would this be with the cannabis that you grow in the backyard? Yes, that is the goal. That is the goal. Um, yeah, I have been connecting with other herbalists and other gardeners and growers because I know this is quite ambitious and I'm going to need some help <laughs> in order to make this dream come true. And um, yeah, I, I have the dream of just having this big spacious backyard with a bunch of um, bunch of different herbs, different, different strains growing and um, creating both topical and edible herbal products. Yeah. And then, yeah, incorporating them in classes in some way, shape or form. And then also um, just in general, uh, my bodywork and yoga classes don't necessarily have to use the herbal stuff every single time. I'm sure I'll have some quote-unquote regular stuff too, but yeah, I, um, I've i always known that cannabis has been helpful in my own healing. I use it um, when I 
am doing my spiritual practices and um, it just makes sense to bringing it into my career too as I, I do it in all the things that I do <laughs> for myself mm-hmm. I want to also do it in all the things that I do for others too okay yeah so do you use more THC or CBD or do you like the whole entourage effect Mm, entourage effect all the way and I even um, for a while there not currently right now I'm just straight up using um, cannabis but for a while there I was blending cannabis with other herbs too um, mullein which is really good for your lungs um, oh gosh damiana um, there's this whole blend that I have there's some lavender that I put in there and yeah, I really like having the other, the other plants too. Um, I like having lavender and grounding stuff when I'm incorporating like an indica, um, especially if something has some linalool terpenes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am wanting to be a little more active, then I will like, um, I, I do like my sativas. Um, but I'll also put in like some skullcap or marshmallow leaf, which are just gentle kind of um, nervous system relaxers. Um, they're called nervines. And uh, yeah, I really also like that black pepper terpene, which name I'm forgetting right now. Beta caryophylline? Thanks. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but right now, I, because I recently came back from a trip on the West Coast, I am just enjoying the pure cannabis goodness <laughs> of the state of Washington. <laughs> Do you think your trip was very spiritual, and were you able to find any new cannabis strains that you think enhanced that? Mm. It was absolutely spiritual. My spirit was loving every single moment. (laughs) It was very, um, I went with my partner. We've been together for two years and we just, we really understand each other well. We get along well, we communicate well. Throughout all of that time there, we had pretty open flow. Like there were, like we knew where we were gonna stay for most of the places. (laughs) some of the places we had to figure it out um but yeah I mean we oh how do I even explain it we just kind of showed up Uh, we flew into San Francisco and picked up the rental card car and just went to Haight-Ashbury and walked along enjoyed some delicious food popped into a dispensary there um and honestly a lot of the the great things that we did along our trip and we just drove along the one right on the edge of the Pacific um we just kind of just went we (laughs) didn't really put in specific things to look for we just went in a direction and had a great time saw wonderful views ate delicious food smoked great cannabis and made our way up through Northern California and the Redwoods, that's a very spiritual, beautiful place. Those trees, oh Oh my my gosh. gosh. (laughs) We want to talk about the consciousness of trees. They are definitely above humans, let me tell you. (laughs) And um, gosh, even just in terms of power that a tree has, 
in terms of uh, taking up space and being so big, right? That's what man wants to be, but a tree can be way more big. And in terms of sustaining life, too. Sorry, I could geek out about trees for so long. It's okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, after that, we went into Mount Shasta, which is um, considered one of the chakras of the world. I don't necessarily actually really know what that means. Even though I understand chakras, I'm like, what do you mean chakra of the world? Um, but once I was there, gosh, all of these like Northern Californian hippies talk about this place, but once I was there, and uh, there must be something about that level of elevation. There must be something about being on a mountain, right? But kind of tapping into a different field of energy it was very clear up there um I actually did a few sun salutations up there and practiced some some yoga and my arms just seemed to just be floating a little lighter and um yeah I felt just really connected to spirit up there um and then we made our way up through Oregon um went to a dispensary in Portland. Uh, we also stopped in Bend and roamed around the Mackenzie River and Deschutes National Forest. And uh, and then eventually we went up through Washington and made our way up to Seattle. So it was a whole journey. And to put a very long-winded answer to your question, yes, <laughs> it was spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think... Or where do you think is the best place to meditate, like maybe based off of your trip or just in day-to-day situations? You said trees have a lot of powerful energy. Mm. Mm, Yeah, trees, mountains, water. Um, There's this really beautiful practice that can be done in a river. Um, And there's something really nice about when you're hiking and then you just take off your shoes you put your sore feet in this cold water. And um, yeah, I really love walking out into rivers and um, you know, just kind of being by river banks. You don't have to be really deep into it. But I forget where this practice originated from, but I've heard about it through a friend who told me it's some sort of native practice um, where it's, it's this cleansing ritual that can be done when you're standing in a river no matter how high it is I was in the river maybe right underneath my knees um, and you face the direction that the water is coming or sorry you face the direction the water is going and so you are facing downstream so to speak so you're feeling all of the water flow past your legs going moving forward as you're facing downstream and um you're tuning into your feet on the rocks or the dirt or whatever it is, and really grounding down there and feeling this flow moving forward, moving through you. And just kind of exhaling and releasing and thinking about what you want that water to take with it. Really releasing anything that's not serving you anymore. Just kind of letting go. Maybe this is done through your thoughts. You might narrate it, or maybe you just kind of sit and feel your feelings about it, your emotions. 
or maybe it's just that physical act of feeling that water flow and just noticing your exhales kind of letting go really it's a culmination of all three probably and then you do that for a while maybe you have your mala beads and you might do 108 rounds of that or some form of meditation you can do it timed whatever it doesn't matter it's your practice and then at that moment um, after you've let go and released then you turn around and you face the water you face that water coming in you feel it entering through the front of your body now and um, you invite in and it might be specific invitations if you're kind of calling out to the divine, right? Calling out to manifest something, so to speak. Or maybe it's the sense of just open receptivity of whatever is flowing through you. And um, that practice right there is a meditation that I highly recommend. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, Speaking of meditation, I believe there was a guided meditation you would like to have everyone listen to and go through right now. Yes. Yes. The fun interactive part of this podcast. We are, yeah, we're going to meditate. <laughs> okay. At this moment, you might roll up your favorite J with your favorite blend Maybe you consume in whatever way you want to partake here. Hmm. And then as we settle in here, we'll come to a seated position. And this can be done sitting directly on the ground. Or maybe you sit in a chair. You might even sit up against a wall. There's this sense of choice to your ch uh, how you choose to sit. So sit with purpose with that choice. Sit nice and tall. Mm -hmm. And then we'll bring our awareness to our breath. Let's notice a big deep inhale through the nose. And exhale out the mouth. Let's breathe in through the nose again. Notice the expansion, any responses in the body from an inhale. And then that exhale. Does that exhale take anything else with it when it leaves? And we'll do a little bit of body scans here. Let's start with the base of our body. Let's notice from the waist down. Just kind of really sink into your seat, noticing the length of your legs from hips all the way down to your feet, noticing how you bend and curve and maybe twist however your lower half of the body is positioned right now. And we'll take a few breaths here in that lower half of the body. Good, noticing the parts of the body that touch the floor. 
And with your next exhale, really notice that connection and relationship your body has with the floor. Letting all the air go. Down, down, down. And now the awareness drops to our seat. Just tuning into your root. Tuning in to your own safety right here in this moment. You are safe. You are grounded. You are here. And with your next inhale, allow the belly to expand. Yeah, and we'll continue to breathe like that with the inhales, like the belly is a balloon. It just expands outward. And then as your exhale comes, the navel draws in towards the spine to really press out the air from your belly. Yeah, we're bringing the awareness from the root now through the sacral and the solar plexus regions. So you might feel a sense of growth, of flow, of power. With your next inhale, really notice the belly and the diaphragm too. Good, and we'll continue, send the awareness up. Notice your rib cage, notice your lungs from side to side. Noticing the shoulders and all of the arms, too. And center the awareness to your chest, to your heart chakra. And kind of checking in with this space here. Noticing the front of the heart, the part that we expose to others willingly. You might notice the back of the heart, the space between your shoulder blades. Just being present with your sensations, remembering to breathe. We'll take another breath together in the heart space. Really noticing the exhale. And we'll continue to bring the awareness up through the throat and neck. 
I'm noticing how the head is oriented to the rest of the body here and how your throat and neck have so much power over that. You might notice the base of your skull. You might notice your ears and the sounds that they're taking in. You can allow, allow the temples and jaw to soften. And maybe as that happens, you notice your mouth too. Maybe the tongue gets heavy in the mouth. And the cheeks can soften and the lips. Allowing the eyes to get heavy in their sockets lids heavy, feeling the forehead, the very center of your forehead, and just tuning in right there, Excellent. Notice the very top of your head now. Notice the part of you that is the highest part. The top part. Maybe you envision or imagine there's a string pulling you up from that part. The string that dangles from spirit, from heaven, from above, the cosmos, however you view it. It's your own little connection. Your own connection to something that is above and beyond your own being. But you are a part of it. This one string from you ascends up and there's so many other strings that are also coming down from that same place. You're just a part of this beautiful world. So maybe you allow your own experience to kind of dive up into that cosmic soup above. And then you come back in to your human sack. <laughs> You can allow the breath to guide these waves. The inhales, you feel that pull up. And the exhales, you feel that coming back down. You notice the seat, you are still connected to the earth. Gravity still has you here. It's kind of being curious with that balance between the two as above and so below. 
I'll guide these next few rounds of breath, and then I'll leave some time for silence for yourself and your own experience. No matter what time you're listening to this, we are breathing together, and that's a beautiful thing. So let's inhale. And exhale. Letting all the air out. Breathing it in. And letting it go. Inhale. And exhale. Take a breath in. And let it out. We'll continue at our own pace here. Breathing in and out for these next few moments. Surfing the waves of your existence. We'll begin to deepen our breath together again. Good, and 
you might make little movements maybe in your fingers or maybe you open and close the mouth and brush the teeth and lips with your tongue you might come into your sense of taste here coming back into your senses you might notice deep inhales through the nose what do you smell you might let out some sighs some audible sighs and listen to the sounds of them or any other sounds that your ears are taking in yeah getting back into your senses of this moment right now and sealing it in, sealing in all of these senses, all of these feelings. The sensation of this meditation. We can close this out by bringing one hand to the heart and one hand to the belly. And just taking three intentional breaths to these spaces. As you inhale, you might feel both the belly and the lungs expand. And you feel the hands on these parts rise and fall with your breath. You might notice any exchange of energy of heat from these parts to your hand. We'll notice another breath here with our hands here. And we're going to tune into feeling our own sense of Reiki with our hands, our own sense of energy, intentional energy in our hands. So notice the weight of your hands on your body here. Notice any tension in the hands themselves, how they're formed, how they're placed on you. And allow for the intention of release and softness from these hands. And again, noticing how much weight is bearing down from the hands to your body. And see if you can lighten up that weight, that force, ever so slightly. Just allow your hands to touch you and yourself a little, a little lighter. And continue to roll with that a bit, just a little less weight from the hands, a little lighter in the hands. They might even lift just a little bit. Maybe you still feel that breath underneath them. And maybe because that breath causes movement, you allow that adjustment with your hands. kind of finding a sense of balance of homeostasis with your breath with your hands and their connection we're going to continue allowing the hands to get lighter and lifted and maybe they're only touching the clothes and no longer your body maybe they're just hovering a little bit Maybe you feel the memory of the hands on your body, the memory of their heat, of their weight. Or maybe you actually feel the flow of energy between you, that space in between where the hands are and where you are. You know that you are all of it.
Yeah, allowing those hands to hover ever so slightly above you. And we'll take a breath in. And we'll take a breath out. Good. And we can reconnect our hands to our body here. And let's just kind of swipe ourselves down. Just kind of rub from chest down through the hips. Yeah, little, little gentle strokes downward. Yeah. Yeah, nice little cleansing strokes. Mm. Good. And at any point, you can open your eyes and come back into this room. Mm. Thank you very much for joining. <laughs> Thank you so much, Haley. That was a beautiful guided meditation. I hope all of you are able to take full advantage of that. I know I definitely did, and I feel so much better after that so is there any last words you have before we wrap up this episode well yeah thank you so much for coming here this was my first podcast experience so that was exciting um if anyone is in the cleveland area and interested in working with me i see clients out of ebb and flow counseling in lakewood it is a deep pleasure to work alongside mental health clinicians um, and bring mine own, mine own body work into that. It is great. Um, I just love it there so much. We started this post-pandemic, so it's very exciting to start seeing clients again in the real world. And it is so needed right now. And then I'm also at Willow Room, also in Lakewood. Um, I see clients one-on-one -on -one there, and then I also teach a yin yoga class with sound healing, where I bring in singing bowls, chimes, um, all sorts of good sensory, very trippy-dippy, psychoacoustic good stuff with the singing bowls. And lastly, I also teach yoga at Abide Yoga in Shaker. Um, I do a class called Slow, Low, and Tarot. I pull some tarot cards, and that informs the practice. Um, yeah, so those three places <laughs> you can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, a sense of self with a various amount of underscores after that. It's pretty findable. I don't know how many underscores there are. <laughs> <laughs> and then my website is adele-rose at gmail.com, adele-rose. At dot com gmail's the email you can reach me out to me <laughs> fucking goddamn it's adelrose.com <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining me thank you all of my geeking cannabis fans i hope you had a wonderful time listening to this episode and tune in for more content thank you so much <laughs>